Welcome to We Only Talk Hockey. Uh, I'm Shane, and as always with me is Mike. Um, so, so far in the semifinals, uh, both series are tied 1-1, but let's start with the Vegas Canadians because they just a uh, little while ago, a little over an hour ago, finished game two um, as of when we're recording. And so I personally believe this game has – a lot of implications for the series going forward. Uh, one of the biggest things was game one was dominated by Vegas, especially by their back end, but the Canadians defense played much, much better in this game too. Yeah. And still it appeared for probably about half the game. I, I would say probably about halfway through the second period around the time Vegas started switched up the, their center for their top line because their first line center is out, but we'll get into that in a bit. Um, yeah. They started say, to look this. You'd say this, after the two, nothing lead right in the first period, pr- it looked even. Uh, pretty much and then started looking very heavily Vegas and so I personally think watching this this was one of the Canadian despite the score and how they've had better scores throughout the playoffs I do believe this is one of the best overall team performances they've put up and for half the game I thought they looked like the significantly worst team they had just built up a good lead and even then, they were barely able to hold on to it. In the last five or so minutes, it really looked like the, the Vegas was going to tie it. Um, Shea Weber played amazing in the last five minutes, had probably three or four goal-saving plays by himself um, in the last five minutes, I think two in the last minute. Um and so I, I, I want to get your opinion on what you think this means going forward. If this truly, if you agree that this was one of the Canadians overall better performances defensively as a team. And if they were so close in that game, what that means for them going forward in this series. So I think there's a lot of things to take away from this game. I think, I think the first thing is we the stuff we've seen in the Canadians the first two rounds are kind of being shown again, except for it's against the better team. But the big thing for me is that you can't carry price is gonna keep playing lights out. He had a he had a phenomenal game today. Uh one of the best saves I've seen, but that's like a side note where yeah. it's like I think the big thing the big thing is that he for the most of the game until late in the second period. And then the third, when he allowed those two goals, he was, he was a constant force in the net uh, denying, denying Vegas, really those few chances that they got. This is also because their defense stepped up. Jeff Petrie was back in the lineup. Joel Edmondson is great on the defensive end. Shea Weber had a great game on the defensive end. And this, the, the, the same things that we've seen, I think, throughout the playoffs we're seeing against the golden knights and there it's a reminder one not to sleep on the canadians a lot of people were counting them out immediately after especially after the game one loss and two that they're a team that is going to match up very well with with the golden knights and going to give them problems throughout the series whether they win or not it's a different that's that's we'll, we'll probably discuss that later on but i think See, they're, they're going to give them problems just looking at how they've played 
So I honestly kind of disagree. Like, I think this was their best performance, and I don't see them performing. Well, do you not see Carey Price having another one of these no. games? I see Carey Price having the ability to have more of these games. I do not see, and this is what I meant by best performance overall, I do not see the rest of the team being able to have this good a performance against Vegas again. And you saw Jeff Petrie back in the lineup. You saw what that did. I think also the big thing is you saw... I think they'll be better. I just, I don't think they'll be losing 4-1, but I... I'm not saying I think they're going to lose the next three. I don't. I think they'll at least get one at home. But also, it'll be interesting to see how Vegas plays in a quiet stadium for the first well, time in this is, like three months. This is also Vegas's first game on the East Coast all season, which is kind of crazy to fathom. Like, it's not really. Not it's not really the East Coast. Uh, Montreal is, uh, it's in this, it's in the, it's not, it's Eastern time zone, not East coast. East coast basically means Atlantic ocean. I'm not going to putting, saying Montreal's in the Atlantic ocean is ridiculous, but I'm just, it's the first Eastern time zone game. I think they've played all season. Uh, if, which is crazy to think about. They've been on the, they've because they've been on the West coast. They played Minnesota, St. Louis. I think that's about as East as it got for them, but, uh, they, They've been on the they've been on the West Coast all year. It's going to be interesting to see how they acclimate to the Eastern Time Zone. They I don't know if going west going west is harder, or going east is harder, but that's like that's like that's side stuff on the ice um, itself. Though and this is what's interesting is I think I think what's, what intrigues me about this series is about this game, past game is how the Canadians are able to find scoring on the back end, which I think is gonna is going to be pivotal moving forward. But uh, but that same energy line that they get with Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, uh, just Barry Ketniemi, they actually shuffled that up a bit. And we saw what Cole Caulfield can do with Tyler Toffoli, getting him the puck uh, in the center ice. And it's it's with I'm not go- I, I wouldn't say that Montreal can win the series, but I would say that they're they're going they're going to give Vegas a real problem, real trouble. I think there, so, there's a lot of things that they they can do that they have done in the past to Toronto and to Winnipeg, and they can they can give Vegas trouble. I don't think it's it's going to be an easy series for Vegas. So I I, I don't I don't disagree that I don't think it's going to be an easy series. It's the playoffs. I really usually don't think any series is going to be easy. And I last week I didn't think it was going to be easy either. I thought it was going to be probably five, six games if I remember correctly what I said. And I still believe that. I still believe it's a five or six game series. Now more likely I'm I'm leaning toward that six game mark. But here's where my thing is. Vegas for a long portion of that game played looked like the much better team and they started getting those goals. They came out a little flat. And I think part of that has to do with their, I think part of that has to do with their top line missing their center, who was their center all year, who by the way, was out with an undisclosed. They didn't tell us if it it was an, they didn't tell us if it was injury, family thing, whatever. But so I, I think that'll make a difference. But I also think once they shifted who was actually playing that center yeah. from who they started the game was, they looked like the significantly better team. And I think when Chandler Stevenson comes back, I, while at the beginning of the series, before the series started, I thought it would be a five, six game series. Well, 
where I felt I could be surprised by the Canadians and see them prop make it push to seven and maybe well, win big, it. Now I, I think, don't. I think in this game, this past game, it wasn't that the Vegas Golden Knights really outplayed the Canadians. I think the Canadians control the first period completely and then the second period control the beginning once they got that third goal they got a little overconfident and then they and Vegas I think the big thing in this series for both teams I wouldn't say that though because they still played defensively really well and so so I don't think they got lax the big thing is they just they were they weren't able to effectively move the puck through the neutral zone there was there was a they were constantly they they were playing into Montreal's hand, which I think they're not going to moving forward, which is allowing Montreal to establish that four check and establish and create uh, difficult passing lanes, which I think for both teams Montreal would prefer that. But in this in this series, I think ultimately this is what this is an interesting part is that in game one. The Vegas Golden Knights, I believe, scored two or three goals from their defensemen, and particularly a few of those goals from the point. I think it was might have been. Three. It was three. It but was three. So, Only their last goal came from a yeah. forward, and then Petrangelo scored a goal in this game late. Two. They're, he had both goals in this game. He's did he score both of them from the point? I, be, I oh, know, I, don't, I, I don't know if they were from the point, but I know he had both goals in this game. I know the first, I know the second one was from the point, uh, just a good shot from the point. And I think that, I think for both teams, this is why Jeff Petrie coming back is very important is both teams are going to need that shot from those shots from the point and those plays from the point. And I think that could be, that's going to be a deciding factor. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if, if Alec Martinez can start getting shots and Shea Theodore can start getting shots from the point and, uh, Likewise, with the Canadians, uh, besides for Jeff Petrie, whether it's Joel Edmondson or Shea Weber or Ben Chirot, uh, who, who whoever it is, uh, can just get those plays because they need those redirections off these two goal. Both goalies are gonna are just phenomenal goal goaltenders, and it's going to take it's going to take some of those redirections, and also it's going to take some quick passes, and I think you need that starts it starts from the point but it also starts from the it also helps from the wings and that's really what and that's also and that's what i think is going to ultimately decide the series uh if we're looking forward a bit um so looking including um so like i mentioned i personally think we'll see the in-between of games one and two for the most part is what i believe we'll see i'll i i think you're saying you'll you think there's going to be a handful of not a handful but one or two more game ones and then one or two more game two. No, no, no. Um, I mean the average of them it, it is what I see most of the games taking place. Um, when it comes to the team play, not not score scores, I think we'll probably see closer to tonight's game score of three two. But the manner of play in which you watch and the way you feel the game is flowing and everything, I feel we'll have a mi- like a- almost the average between the way the teams played games one and games two, and I think that very heavily sides Vegas. Like, like I said, before the series, I thought it was theoretically possible 
for for the Canadians to win because they've surprised us and I didn't want to count yeah. them out. I still don't want to count them out. Let me be clear about that. But now I have more of a feeling of I don't believe I see this game three more times, and I think this is the game they need to play to win. Um, I think Carey Price could maybe have this game three more times, but I don't think the rest of his team can. And that's why I don't, I don't now I don't see it really. I can see them taking a game here or there, but I don't see this team playing like this. And I don't see Vegas floundering early on the way they did, especially if they get their center back or continue to play with who they had in the second half of this game. And so I guess I should ask you on that note, do you think there's a game where Flurry just has a bad night? The like where they Canadians get pucks on that, uh and Flurry just fans on a few shots or whiffs on a few shots. So it's possible, and I think that's also possible Carrie Price's way. Um Yeah. But I see, I wouldn't consider that them playing a game equivalent to tonight. If you get what I'm saying. Like tonight, I thought they played very whole as a team. And by the later second period, it just seemed like it wasn't enough. Like if Vegas played the whole game that way, I, it would have been a very different story. And so, and so I, and I don't necessarily see Vegas playing the way they played the second half of that game, the entire, you know, and so that's why I say, I think there's an average of it, but I think that I think the Canadians need this kind of game to win and i don't think vegas needs its best game to win it's kind of where i'm at they have to play perfect games to win while vegas doesn't i mean you're you're kind of saying canadians need to play perfect i think what i think more accurately the canadians kind of need to win every game low scoring game they can't win a shootout really they can't win an offensive battle again obviously (laughs) i i think that one's an obvious statement but even defensively that's my thing it's I can the Vegas I can see winning having miscues. I don't see the Canadians winning having miscues. And I think Vegas I mean, has shown that the way they came back in Colorado in some of the Colorado games from points down or whatever, they have more that ability to recover from miscues than I think the Canadians do because like when they were trailing in that first game, when they had lost the lead in that first game, that was the first time they had trailed in 447 minutes. Um, and I don't think playing from behind, they can win this series at all. And I don't think they're going to be able to get a lead and stay ahead for three more games. I think their ideal, we've mentioned this before, is slowing the slowing the pace of the game down, slowing the game down. I think it's I think more more more, more importantly also is is for them is to find that energy on that late line, particularly with the three skaters, 21 years old or younger. I, I mean, so I guess, I guess my question is, what do you, what would you say the series you see, you see Vegas winning. I, th- I, I, I see, see Vegas in six. I see Vegas in six where I think, mm-hmm. where I think one of those, which essentially says, I think Vegas loses one more time. And I think that is a, Either one of two scenarios causes this loss. Either Flurry has a bad game, you know, while I think one of the remaining three wins for Vegas is going to be Carey Price has a less than stellar game. And when I say bad for Flurry, I mean, you know, less than stellar. Yeah, I mean, for these goalies, we're, we're not 
one of the thing one of the things that I was thinking about is that every game is going to go under the total of five point five. Usually, a total is five point five. You bet the over under. So I think every the first two games have scored five goals exactly. Uh, but you can basically just stake the unders in this series. Just so Flurry and Price are two hard goal goaltenders yeah. to score against. But I think the way in which Vegas loses one of the games is either that scenario, Flurry has a maybe not even a full bad game, but like a couple bad plays early on or miscues early on in a game and they get behind and the Canadians play a much better game from ahead. And they showed that in the Winnipeg series, especially mm-hmm. was they are very good at once they have a lead containing it. And, but you're playing against a team like Vegas, who is very good at coming back from deficits. And that's what I think like today, they almost pulled back uh, from a three goal deficit when in the Winnipeg series, if the Canadians had a three goal deficit, it was like, ah, this game's over kind kind of thing. Even in the Toronto series, if they had that kind of lead, it felt, it felt like the teams didn't have a chance because of the way the Canadians play and the way they play so well defensively a lot, especially with the lead. I just don't think they can. I think one, they'll give up a lead at some point. I think they will lose a lead at some point in this series, um, like a two goal lead kind of thing. And the other way I think Vegas could lose is um, Carey Price having like like a z- a one zero game, you know, where it comes to that yeah. comes down to that one bounce kind of thing. Uh, like both goalies have played completely outstanding, and it's just one bounce that happens in hockey in those kinds of games. Eventually, one team gets the bounce, kind of well, thing. And I or could a see the direction from the point. I think is more accurate in this type of series. It's kind of what I mean by the bounce. Um, yeah. Um, and so, like, those are the only real ways I seeing the Canadians uh, win a game because I don't see them playing this well against early th- throughout a game plus the minus of Vegas early on in this game. I think those two things create a perfect storm. So I think they steal one more game. But I think overall the series looks a lot more Vegas sided. While early on I thought it was going to be a very tight series that would go five or six games that just broke Vegas's way. Now I think it'll be more the games look like they should be Vegas, except for one steal here or there. It's in, it's interesting because before the series before the series started, I was thinking this can go six or seven. And because because of what I've seen from the Canadians saying you can't count them out, I will still lean Vegas in seven. And I think that Vegas will control the series for the most part, but the Canadians will either A, steal a few, steal a game, but B, which is very importantly, make a game look like it should be Vegas's, but continue to eliminate chances and continue to give Vegas problems. I think particular there's 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 a plenty of there like a good example is when they when the Canadians played Toronto, it looked like Toronto, I think for one of those games that was went into overtime, controlled the majority of the game, but Montreal forced a turnover in the defensive zone and then started an odd man rush the other way, whether it be Nick Suzuki or not just those guys, which I I get that, but that's where I think Flurry affects the series really is. I think he's a much better goalie than either of the goalies the Canadians have faced. And so I think they've been very opportunistic. Like you said, well, I would say more so in the, in the Toronto series, in the Winnipeg series, it kind of looked like they just controlled everything. But 
in the Toronto series, I agree. There were times where it looked like Toronto was controlling games, but the end score came up Montreal. And I think that was a facet of not necessarily goaltending, but a facet that will be much harder to come by in a series like this, when you're playing a much better goalie where those kinds of things are the series where you capitalize on your very, very minimal chances. And I think, but I think that's very hard to do. I think likewise, you could say the same about Vegas where Philip Grubauer kind of struggled uh, in that series. And you compare when they did face Cam Talbot and Cam Talbot was able to lock down that offense. They, it, the series ultimately did go seven games and it's very, it very, this series very much reminds me of that because it wasn't, nobody doubted Vegas. Everyone picked Vegas to win that series and everyone's thinking Vegas is going to ultimately win the series, except for the problem is that Cam Talbot was playing well, the defense was playing well, and they were able to scrap through a few games and they ultimately did that, even though it looked like Vegas is outplaying them for more than just a majority of the series, but for at least five or five or six of those games, they looked like they outplayed the wild. I think very similarly, the Canadians aren't a team that are going to that are going to necessarily control every game. They're not going to jump ahead to an early lead, but there could be that game that just it's you finally get a goal in the third period and they win that game. The likewise, you can get some of those games that, uh, that it looks like, the, the Golden Knights will have the puck in the offensive zone the entire game, but not only does Carey Price play well, but Jeff Petrie crowds uh, gets in front of the net. Uh, Shea Weber blocks a few shots, even though Shea Weber hasn't had the best year, and they create rushes the other way. It's, 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 I, I they're, agree. They're... I agree, but my thing is I think that amounts to one more win while you think that amounts to two more wins. Yeah, I, I I would for start say that in the next two games, they're going to split again. I I think they're going to split again. And I think Vegas wins games five and six. I would, I would have had a, I think a little bit more different perspective if the golden Knights would have won the first two games and really put the pressure on Montreal uh, to even the series. But now the series, they kind of stole a game already. One of those first two. And now they're entering the next two where it's like, if we could win the next two, then we jump out, but we did. If they could split the next two games, then they're in good position. And then, of course, between then it becomes a three-game series. I ironically, it's very. This is why I wonder picking Game Seven, the Golden Knights to win uh, in seven, is because if it comes down to one game and I have to pick one goaltender, I'd actually prefer to have Carey Price. But a, a team as a whole, I would prefer Gold- yeah, Vegas. And, and I don't I think they. Vegas. And I don't think they gap between price and flurry is that big that it overshadows the gaps in the rest of the teams. Well, that's ultimately why, but in in a game seven where you can rely on one goaltender to basically shut up the other offense, regardless of how good that offense is. I mean, Carey price has proven it case in point. He, he did it earlier this season. I mean, earlier in the Stanley cup playoffs against the Maple Leafs, but I mean, ultimately, I mean, yeah, ultimately I agree that Vegas has that complete team and particularly they have the scoring. They have those two way defensemen in Alex Petrangelo, who they brought in for this reason. They have, they have Alec Martinez who's great on, who's especially great on defensive end of the ice. Shea Theodore, they, and they're, and eventually they're going to, 
overwhelm the Canadians in this series, but I don't think it's going to be, it's, I don't think it's going to be easy. And I don't think, and I actually think it's going to be a really tough series for the Canadians. I mean, for the, for the golden Knights because of all the factors, the Canadians bring to the, to the, to the I guess I, I think, I think Vegas wins game three and the Canadian actually, that's my thing. I'm struggling. I think they split. I'm just struggling as to which game I think which team wins. I think maybe. I think Vegas wins game three. Well, yeah. Between the two, I'm just like it doesn't really. It, it doesn't really matter. I well, yeah. it it could because depending on who wins game four, could and how how that game goes could affect in ways that we've seen in some of the past series in the past rounds where it was going into game four and it was two, one, one team. And it was, then it was tied to two, but that, but it seemed like the air flattened out of a team. So I feel like it could matter. Who's the team that wins game four. Um, The irony is the uh, Islanders went down two to one in the first two in their first two series and then won the next three games in a row to win their series. That's my thing. It's we've seen that happen this this year where a team ties it at two two in that fourth game. And that leads to momentum in games five and six. And I think that's why, honestly, I actually think that's going to happen. I kind of am leaning toward the Canadians winning game three and Vegas winning game four and then, and then five and six and then five and six. Um, I kind of feel like that's going to happen, but I don't think it ultimately, it doesn't affect my outcome. If Vegas wins game three and loses game four, I do believe they split here. Um, Like I find it hard to believe that it go if that if Vegas wins both here, they would lose game five, you know? So that's why in my head, I think Montreal's going to win one more. And I don't see that being a game five if they're down three, one. So to me, it's like, okay, they have to win one of the two at home. And so, and so I don't think it really matters. I think Vegas comes out game five and beats them. And then game six beats them. But it's it's not like I I know it might seem like I'm making it out like I think it's like lopsided. I don't. Um, I'm just coming at this from it. I feel it's more lopsided than I felt at the beginning, because even though Vegas was my pick to get to the Stanley Cup from the beginning of the playoffs, the way Montreal played in the first two rounds really made me think, OK, this could be a six game series that maybe goes seven because of the way the Canadians have played and what I saw tonight actually made me pull back on the Canadians a bit. Well, I think despite their good, despite their good performance. I think, I think that's the point is I think a lot of people discredit the Canadians just because they kind of backed their way in. And then also they were in the North division, which I think was a discrediting factor as well. But I think, but, Again, the way they've played, it's hard to it's hard to count them out. I don't think it's pulling the upset is another thing. I don't. That's a long. See, that's yeah. still a long shot. But see, I'm not discrediting them. Like that was my thing going into this series. I had them very high. I said six, maybe seven games, and who knows. Um, yeah. But I, I ultimately thought Vegas would win. But I, I gave them a decent shot at it. And I know this sounds kind of counterproductive because, but. Not every win is a good win, 
And despite good play and a win, I feel what this actually foreshadows is the overall average difference in these teams, which is generally how you grade a playoff series is some teams have a much their best night one night and they win a game or their worst night one night and lose a game. But generally will win the series. I think that's what you're, but but generally, well, it's not even the better potential. Like that's why, that's why Toronto lost. Like I, and this comes from that kind of view almost why I, why I never trusted Toronto, even though I did think they would beat Montreal. Um, but I never really trusted them was because they have the much higher upside, which I don't think the Canadians do, yeah. but, but their average, their, their, the averages kind of don't work in their favor where I think this is Vegas both has the much higher upside, um, which I think is a big factor. But when you average the teams out of their best performances and the worst performance, what's their average kind of performance? I'm seeing tonight what I felt was one of their better performances well, of the playoffs, and it being so big close. picture. Big picture: Vegas blew out blew out Montreal in Game One, and then, uh, and then Montreal basically clawed their way to a second game victory. See, I mean, kind of. See, kinda I thought game. I think Game One was almost like their worst game, and Game Two was almost like their best game. Obviously, in the series, but I'm saying in the playoffs, um, almost as a whole. I, and that's the thing. I think tonight was one of the best games they could have in this series. And it was so close by the end, by the I mean, second half, by the second half of that game, it was so close. One thing here, one thing there, that could have been a tied game or whatever, that one crazy stop, you know, kind of thing. And so I think I don't see them being able to sustainably play like this. And that's why I feel it will fall while I thought going into the series, they're at the averages of the team were closer than now I feel they are. All right, yeah. Uh, so I guess let's move on to the uh, Lightning Islander series, which I think similarly you had a four-two, you had a four-two game and a two-one game. But I think I think it's interesting because the the first game was everything clicking for the Islanders. The second game, everything kind of clicking for the Lightning. I'm I'm kind of. It's kind of this is another this is a series that just intrigues me overall. Uh, someone who, who's followed the Islanders a lot this season, and someone who's been being, basically picking the Lightning to make it to the Final Four. I didn't pick them to make it to the Stanley Cup, but I picked them. This this is interesting because this a lot of people said this is a rerun of last. This is not at all no a rerun. Yeah, last I think year. we both agreed going into this week, yeah. like w- when we last week when we discussed it. I think we both agreed that it was n- in no way, shape, or form a rerun of last year. Uh, I think I don't remember who you ended up picking. Um, well, we didn't make our picks because the series is having the both the the series didn't conclude. Well, the Lightning concluded their series. The Islanders didn't win their series yet, but now they um, basically are two games so, in. They basically split. Um, so my thing going into this, my thought was, I think the Islanders are going to win the series, and that remains true despite it being one, one, they stole a game in Tampa. While I think that has some significance, I don't think it has huge significance. Um, stealing two games as the away team early on has, yeah, that would have ended. Yeah. That would have basically ended the series. Yeah. So I kind of expected the lightning to win last night, but 
um, you, you know what I mean? I think you did too. If I, I saw somewhere else, you said something where essentially you expected yeah. them to win that game. And so did I, but I think ultimately um, a lot of things went right uh, for, for um, the lightning. For my bad. Teams, I yeah, yeah. I think in game I think one, a lot of everything clicked for the Islanders. That was the perfect game for them. And then game two was a perfect game for the lightning. Yeah. So, so even though, so we've talked about the power play a lot. We, yeah. It, in the playoffs, it's a very important thing. I think during the regular season, it has a little a modicum of less significance, but in the power in the playoffs, it can be the deciding factor. And I think even though they only went one, the Lightning went one for five last night. I think it has more significance than what that shows. That looks like oh, they didn't have a great night on the power play. But to me, what that meant was that was at least ten minutes because I actually think one of those power plays was a, a five minute power play. But e- either way. Oh. One was a game misconduct. There there was a game misconduct in that game, a 10-minute game misconduct, I think. I think there might have been a fight at one point, which got two people five minutes. So that kind of cancels out. But but either either way, it was five opportunities. Even though they didn't convert, what that does is that gave them at minimum – well, they scored on one, so not at minimum, but essentially at minimum 10 minutes of their control. You know what I mean? And that, even without scoring, sways things a lot when you have control against a team like the Islanders. And I don't think they're going to be that – like the first game they had two penalties. I don't see them getting five penalties realistically, you you know. I think it's interesting that they've scored 17 power play goals, which is unprecedented, I think, for the Lightning to score that. I. I think it's going to be a balance because I think it's, it's interesting you mentioned the five opportunities and it comes as a result of the way the Islanders played in both games, which was we're going to play rough along the boards. We're going to play to the lightning responded in game two, interestingly enough, because they were like, we're not going to deal with this. We're going to fight back. And we're, they got into some fights, which resulted in a lot of a lot of names in the penalty box, uh, basically. But I think it's interesting that um that the this is the consequence for the Islanders was they wanted to play a chippy game. They wanted to basically offensively chip into the zone, chase after it, create a hard hit along hard hit on the boards. Uh, when the Lightning are bringing the puck into the into the offensive zone, they want to remove them from the puck. They want to get those hits uh, potentially on good angles to. Uh, to uh, knock the player off, off his off his feet, they they wanted to play this kind of game, and I think one of the consequences that it left with was giving them five opportunities. So, especially the refs called the tighter game. I don't so, know moving forward if the Islanders are going to play that way or not. That's the so question. Here's my thing. I I kind I half agree with you, half not. When you say they wanted to play this kind of game, I don't agree with that part of the statement because. I agree they want to yeah I agree they want to play a chippy game that's I'm not saying they don't yeah. they definitely want to play a physical chippy game but they like to play and Barry Trotz loves this kind of play where it's chippy and physical but controlled and I felt like watching the game last night there was a lot less control than you normally see with the Islanders. And I think they'll continue to play their game, but they will go back to a little bit more of the control. But here, here's one thing I want to point out is, and I pointed this out last time you talked about Vasilevsky and I've talked about what I perceive as his weakness 
if he has one of his weaknesses, the lower shots, those mucky goals where there's four guys in front of the net, two of each team and a shot comes in and it bounces off. And one guy gets the tip in essentially. And so Barry Trotz have scored all their goals basically in that regard. And Barry Trotz knows this. He took advantage of it. He's taken advantage of in the past last year. I just think his team didn't have the same. I think the, the, the Tampa Bay was playing amazing. And I just think his team didn't have it as much last year. I do think this year they're overall a better team. And so overall, they're, they're much more experienced and they together have, they have that year under their belt. I think in terms of, yeah, for, for when we mentioned the slowing down the game, I think that was also because Tampa loves to have great puck movement across it. I think what's interesting in this series is how, yes, the, yes, the Islanders gotten those low shots on Vasilevsky and have gotten those redirections. My question is, is how, because, We've talked. We talked about the Islanders' depth, where the depth has stepped up in the playoffs. How can if they if the depth in this series is going to be able to step up? Because certain skaters, in particular, I'm thinking of Anthony Beauvillier. I'm thinking of uh, John Gabriel Peugeot. Well, he plays more center a center role, but Kyle Palmieri, I guess you could say. Uh, some of the skaters on the wings who can get who get those opportunities, uh, get those odd man rush opportunities get those low shots, whether they will be able to take advantage of that or not. I don't know yet. I think they, they've shown it. My thing is, I feel they've, they've shown, shown they it. can. They can, I, but the question is, can they, uh, because they've struggled in this series and they've struggled in the previous series as well. What um, Anthony Pavilion particularly comes to mind. He scored three goals against the Penguins. He scored a goal in the first game of the Bruins series. And he basically was a non-factor the rest of the series then. And he's been a non-factor in the Tampa series. And the question is, is if the Islanders on the wings, particularly because Tampa likes to w- run a one-three-one in the uh, in the neutral zone when you bring up the puck, if they can on the wings get those players, uh, get them get them moving through the neutral zone into the into the offensive zone and get them those low shots. I don't know. I don't know if they, I think they can find a few of those. I don't know if they could constantly find them though. Well, I don't. I don't you don't. I don't really think they need to constantly find them because I think the Islanders play play style leads to lower scoring games. But I don't think that's the only way they can score. But I think that's the easiest way for them to score. It's but the most effective is to yeah. get those shots on the, so on the wings. Low my shots other thing is Matthew Barzell, though, who up until this series did not look good. Um, well, well he, not ruined series. He looked good, but he looked the, okay. But yeah, he didn't have the goals. I don't, I don't necessarily think he didn't look good, but he didn't have the goals. Um, mm. He scored in both games this series. Um, he had one in the four-two loss, and he had one, and he had one in the in the two-one win. The big one in the in the first game because it was it was zero-zero, great defensive game, and then he basically Bailey turned it over at the blue line and then sent it to Barzell. Barzell went five-hole on Vasilevsky. Five-hole again is that low shot, which I think the Islanders were going to keep. They're they're going to keep doing that. It's there's and no I think, mistake. They're going to shoot low. And I think a lot of teams you can you might be able to say they don't have the ability to sustain that, but I just think that how controlled this team has played, and um, especially what I think they do have the ability to take advantage of that. Um, 
going forward the islanders the islanders to take advantage well, of that opportunity i would i would agree i just don't know how they how that stacks up on the back end particularly with some of the skaters that have struggled travis ajak is base might be replaced by game three uh just because of how much he struggled in the in as as an islander but um excluding zajak the fourth line is known as the identity line where they're basically a defensive line at this point I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to find enough of those shots especially in the back end on those wings. I think Eberl, Barzell plays more of a center role, so I don't know I don't know if he'll be able to continue to find those opportunities and Eberly on the wings. I think Eberly can be a big factor in the series, but I don't know if I don't know if he'll continue to be a factor. He kind of led to the uh, second goal because he had that play on the wings where he got that low shot and Barzell tipped it in. So, so in the in game two, I, I don't know I, if they're going to continue to be a factor. So, so first of all, I do think they are, and I think a big part of this is actually not going to be the centers. I think it's going to be the wingers. Is the way the yeah, Islander, it, the way the Islanders are going to need to play the series. But like, here's my thing. I don't think they need to do it a lot. That's my thing. I think this is going to be a much lower scoring game. I think like the previous two series, the Islanders played with the Pittsburgh Penguins um, and with with Boston. I think this is going to be a much lower scoring. I think the average games are going to be much lower scoring. Um, I think they, a lot of, I think a lot of these games could be two, one games, some going one way, some going the other. And so because that is the way they like to play. And so it's not a, not a, let's say stress on them because that is their style of play is those lower scoring games. So even if they only get the one or two, a game goals, I think in a bunch of situations, that's going to be enough. At least I think that's going to be enough in three out of the next volume of, it's a matter of opportunities that they can get in those, in those game, in those situations in that regard. And then if they can get a few in because of that, like, I think if they get like five of those uh, odd man rushes where they can, where they can get those low shots off. off See, I, I, I don't think it needs to be odd man rushes. That that's where I think we have the disconnect is my thing is, yeah. Well, it also is much harder. This is the thing. It's much harder in the offensive zone for them to uh, not only shoot low on Vasilevsky, but, it, with with the traffic in front of the net, get those redirects and poke them in. So I actually where... think that's the advantage. Is I I think the ability to get those those mucky goals where you essentially have four guys standing around Vasilevsky in the oh. blue paint almost, and a winger throwing it into the middle of the four at the but, feet of the four. But that's um, where Tampa's defense actually comes into handy. I don't think Tampa's defense is really good or great. I think they're good at specific things. I think they are good at controlling the middle of the ice. And I think what they do best, there was actually a play in game two where there was a puck near the net. I think Vasilevsky made a, a save. It was a wraparound, I think. And Vasilevsky made the save. And then right after the save, you just see Victor Hedman just clear it out. Just okay. control it, calmly clear it out. And not That's just a- him. You have Ryan McDonough, Eric Chernick. They have the big bodies in the middle. And I think in the offensive zone, they they control the traffic. I think the advantage the Islanders can have is they get if they can get sh- like at Ryan Pollock to continue to fire good shots, good shots in into that traffic. I think that so that's them, that's I my know. thing. I I don't disagree that they have the those big bodies and the whatever, but like 
I don't see them scoring on those wraparounds to the middle of the ice. I see them scoring on wing shots and point shot, like far wing shots, like dot and to the board from like in between the dot to the board diagonal, well, diagonally you're, backward. You're giving more credit to Islander shooters than I think most people are because they're as, but as I think it doesn't, they, I don't think it takes credit. That's my thing. I think this, they're going to score a lot the way they scored in the, no, from the point up and diagonally back is not a, not a bad angle. You're about from the face-off circle to the boards? Yeah. Well, diagonally back to the back of the circle boards also from that point. Those aren't tough angle shots. The tough angle shots come from below the dot and even more so below the outer ring of the dot. Um, and so I, I don't see them scoring on this. Necessarily. I see them scoring a lot of goals the way they scored the goals in the pick. Pittsburgh series, those wingers who are probably about halfway back at the, at the point or at the, um, at the dot or, you know, within 10, whatever feet of the dot, throwing those pucks, not even really shooting, sometimes shooting, but throwing those pucks into the middle of the mess. And while yes, the Tampa's defense, I think has a, does a very good job of controlling the middle of the ice, keeping the, that's also a factor of, people trying more to score on those shots a little bit. I think they're more aiming for put it in the feet, not put it on a stick, not whatever, put it on the feet of a defenseman, even put it on the feet of whatever. And shots from the point you're talking about. No, no. Well, including those, but no more. So I'm talking about shots from the wingers, from the dot, from the face off dot uh, around that area and to the back of the circle back as in okay. towards the blue line, not towards the goal line. Um, and I think those shots where they're not, they're not elevating the pucks. They're keeping them relatively close to the ground. When I say elevate, I mean, high elevate They're They're not keeping them directly yeah. on the ice. They're more like a bunch of saucer passes. Yeah. To, I mean, to that's the, the kind feet. of shots that they, yeah. they want to yeah. the feet of the players. And I, tippins happening and whatever because even if you control the center of the ice well those are shots that for most teams are hard to defend but even especially for a guy like vasilevsky well i think i think in theory they islanders that's the way they can attack them the question is how how well they can do that continually through a game i think in practice it's harder than it sounds and they it's something that is going to be it's going to as the series goes on, it's going to potentially wear, wear on, wear down on the Islanders where it's just not going to, they're not going to be able to establish that offensive zone as much as they want to set up those shots. And I don't think they're, and I don't know if they're going to do that. I think that, I think interestingly, their defense keeps them in this, in the series much more, more likely just because as much as, as much as Tampa has failed to establish the puck movement in the first two games, I think even once they start, Getting those, getting those uh, center ice passes, centering them to Braden Point from Kucherov on the side on the wings, and Victor Hedman starts uh, becoming a, a major fa- factor from the point, and Steven Stamkos on the other. And when once they start getting those clicking, you're still going to have issues with Adam Pellick blocking shots. Scott Mayfield is been blocking shots this series. You're going to have those issues. It's going to be tougher to run up the score like Tampa likes to do. So, I mean, for me in this series, I mean, for I me in the series, the very close series, I think it goes either way. The question is, is how, how is, how sustainable 
is what has gone right for both teams. How sustainable is that? And how sustainable is it going to be moving so, forward? So I, I, I like I want, thought before the series, I think this is a seven. Honestly, now maybe six. But from the beginning, I thought it was a seven game series that goes the Islanders way. Um, uh, despite the fact that I'm not super thrilled about the Islanders playing in the Stanley Cup just because I'm not a huge fan of their play style. It works. Oh, I think, I'm just not a I huge fan Islanders, of it. I, Islanders versus Islanders playing the Vegas Golden Knights would be the two statistically lowest score. Like the two best defenses statistically would be playing in the Stanley Cup final from the regular season. They both allow the fewest amount of a number of goals per game. That would, that would actually, I would find, I wouldn't mind that, but basically I, for my prediction, I said I said seven for the series. Also, I'm I'm rooting for game sevens, which is a weird thing to root for. But I think this. Oh, series, when you don't have see, a dog in the race, game sevens are always fun. I mean, I I weirdly do, but not really. I mean, I for for the Vegas. Uh, for the Vegas Canadian series, uh, for Vegas Montreal series, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a team that I'm really rooting for. So just like a great series would be nice to see, but also I think this it's going to be a good series regardless. This series particularly, I think you're going to see if you're going to see coach the coaching adjustments continue to impress both of us. You're going to see a constant, you're going to see constant adjustments throughout every game. I think game three is going to look. I'm not entirely different, but you're going to see significant differences on both teams. Ultimately, it's going to go seven. I still, I think as much as I want it, I think the Islanders would be nice to see them get their revenge. I think Tampa is going to edge them out in a seven game series. I think they'll win a, they'll win, they'll win a, they'll win a high scoring game maybe once, but not game seven. I think game seven would be more of a two, one type of victory. Uh, see, I think they've that, won their high scoring game. That's. I well, think the four-two really, win is their high-scoring game. That was this series. That was more. That was more. That was an interesting game in the sense that, like, a lot of their goals. It was very interesting to look at back at the two at the game two game the result because I think what was interesting is two of their goals came off of Pellick Adam Pellick. In the, in the defensive zone, he's actually a very disciplined defenseman, usually doesn't turn over the puck. He cleared it along the ice, resulting in easy opportunities for Tampa to just establish their offense and just get pucks on that. Uh, I actually, one of the things that I'm thinking about is how, how Varlamov stacks up moving it forward in the series. I think he's done very well in the series so far, and he's done very well in the Bruins series. I don't know how well, He'll play moving forward. I think he should keep them in games. Question is, I mean, of the four goal goaltenders, Varlamov, of the four left in the field, really, you you'd probably say Varlamov is the, the the least of, of the of them, even though he's having a great season. And he's been a great goaltender. I guess. I mean, so you think is, it goes what, Tampa's way in seven? Yeah, I think I think Tampa would edge them out. It would be one of those like. One one overtime games, and then finally, like in overtime, whether it be like Steven Stamkos or even someone random like like uh, David Savard, who they brought over from Columbus, netting netting like the game winner off an exhausted goalie. Which either way, both goalies would be, everyone would be exhausted in that game, but just Tampa winning, and then it would be, and we would we would look back at that and say. 
both these teams could have been in the cup. This is a, this is a series that like both teams have proven they could be in the cup, and one of these teams had to unfortunately lose it. And so it's, I agree with that. I, I agree with that statement. My thing is, I think the next two games are two one or three two games at the most. Um, I think these next two games, I think probably it's a split. Um, well, I mean, it's actually interesting on the note of game two, uh, with the, with the goals I was thinking about that I was sorry. I, I lost track of it with Adam Pellick turning over the puck is how aggressive Tampa wants to play in the offensive zone. Something the Bruins kind of benefited from is playing aggressive in the offensive zone to try to force those turnovers, which they didn't, they didn't play as often as I thought they would, uh, they didn't play it as often. It actually backfired on them. And how if Tampa wants to play aggressively and f- try to force those turnovers, or they just don't, they try to back off just thinking that the Islanders defensemen are going to just ca- be able to carry the puck through the offensive zone, I guess. It's the other thing. Yeah. So, no. So that's my thing. I, I find it hard to believe that the Islanders win back to back games here almost, even though I am high on them at home. Um, uh, so I do I think, think I it's agree. A, it's a split. So I think, I think it's, a it's a, also. So I think it's a split there. I think game five probably goes Tampa's way, and game, and game six, six goes, the, goes Islanders the Islanders' way, and game seven I think the Islanders pull out. But I let me point this out. I think it's very I would, possible. I I think we agree on every game. Well, not really because we didn't pick a game three and a four particularly, but I think we agree until game seven, where I think game seven is going to be a, game seven is an experience of its own or a, a yeah. whole different, like, so my time. thing is, I think it's possible. They win both games here. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's possible. Maybe. The Islanders win game three and four. And they because they won game one, they're coming off loss. They're going home. I could see them winning games three and four. I don't think they will. I think it will split, but I could see it going to game five, three, one. Um, and if that happens, I think the series is over. I think if the Islanders win both games at home, the series is over. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you likewise, agree, if but... they would have won game two, the series would have been over. So yeah. it's basically that. Um, it's interesting. One thing I will, I will, I would add is that if I had to trust one goal, to, um, one coach, if I had to trust one coach, if I had to trust a coach, I take Barry Trotz. If I had to trust a goalie, yeah. I'd go to Varlamov. If I have to trust the team's defense, I would hands down go the Islanders. Um, if I had to trust the offense, I would go, um, I would go the lightning. So, so I think it's, that that's the thing that's weird it's i don't think they're evenly matched in a single aspect i think one team or the other has a big edge in every aspect so i think lightning have a big edge goaltending wise islanders have a big edge coaching wise and a big edge defensively but they have a and i mean this series the matchups have played out like with the exciting matchups that we we're excited about the matchups we we're excited about have played up played out the way we wanted them to where the lightning the lightning offense versus the Islanders defense, basically two of the top uh, units in the NHL in those fields. And then the other way around where you have a struggling Islanders offense with 
which has basically found its rhythm recently against a Lightning defense, which struggled at times during the regular season, but has been the same unit and is started and is also like finding certain matchups that they find favorable and sometimes can be a great, a a great unit. Uh, And the one, three, one is just hard to, is hard to break through. So, I mean, it's going to be great hockey moving forward. I think we've already seen these first four games that we've watched the uh, we're two, we're one and one each, which is like, it's still anyone's series for both with the one and one, I think. And we're left. It's it's going to be exciting to see how these how these upcoming games play out, particularly how these teams match up with each other. I would say. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think they're both interesting series. I I honestly think there's more potential of a game seven in the Islander series. Um, but. No, I do. I do. I think it'll be very interesting. And I'm sad to say, I believe the Islanders and Vegas is going to be the matchup because unlike you, I don't, I don't like that matchup. Like I, what entertains me, what the matchup I would be the happiest about would be the lightning Vegas. Cause I think that would be an amazingly fun series to yeah. watch. I think, I think that's what I'm. I mean, that's what I'm picking. I don't have a theme for that matchup, but it's it would be, it would be very exciting. Um, just to see, and my see worst possible outcome. My worst possible outcome is the Islanders versus the Canadians, which yeah, I think to I think me, NHL, I think would be hard. Yeah, the NHL is hoping it doesn't go. It it doesn't go to that because yeah. I think the ratings won't be good because it's not. It won't be exciting hockey. I mean, um, it will for a dumb reason. It's because Montreal and New York are two big cities that are two big hockey cities. But that's yeah. not the point, basically. Yeah, uh, for the hockey fan. Yeah, so I got. I guess that's. The, I guess that's a, a, any other closing statements that we you have or uh, nope. All right, so, and I don't. I mean, we've basically. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And uh, thank Thanks you for, for listening. joining us. Please like, 